Hi, I'm Lauren Yoshiko. And this is your girl, Menle Golakai Agri. And you're listening to Broccoli Talk, a podcast for cannabis lovers. So today's episode is all about the divine, the pervasive, curious, and sort of complicated theme of weed and relationships. Before we dive in, I kind of am curious what your week's been like, Lauren. Like, what have you been up to? What have you been passionate about? I want a little catch up. I kind of feel like everybody's coming out of the the winter hole a little bit. Like Barbari, that brand that does the little herbal smoking blends, that, and they also sell herbal blended spliffs that are pre-rolled and super cute but they hosted an event that was like everyone was just stoned and talking really intimately like everyone forgot their business cards so it wasn't like smarmy networking and like the focal point of the night besides all these beautiful rolling tables and like snack arrangements of edibles and stuff they had this organization called the family preservation project speak about what they do and i did not know this but the coffee creek correctional facility is the only women's prison in oregon there are a ton of mothers there so this family preservation project is about helping mothers that are in prison helping mothers that are leaving prison and just supporting them through that rehabilitation and like reintroduction to sort of (laughs) day-to-day outside world stuff they always try to have a sort of like welcome wagon when you leave so you have a literal bus waiting for you filled with women who have clothes they have a hairstylist or a nail nail tech on hand to like celebrate you and also kickstart you getting to feel like that chapter is done and you're in a new chapter now and you deserve this you served your time It just kind of reminded me that only at a a women-founded cannabis event can you get stoned on a weeknight, uh, get your tarot read in the corner, and learn about a social justice organization that you get to, like, make actionable progress with in the same night. Um, And I wish you could have come. I wish. I mean, my tiny cold heart just, like, got a little warm and cozy from that. Like, I mean, that's what we're here for, you know, and... In real life experiences, I think, are very, uh, they're just very nurturing. It's kind of like a per- the perfect segue, too, because Broccoli has just launched a new event series called Field Trips. These events are all about getting offline together and sort of exploring this under-the-radar, visually stimulating place and experiences in your city. The first one's in Portland at the end of the month. And we'll be visiting this weird and cute rock mineral museum. Over the course of 2020, there'll be a lot of different field trips that Broccoli is going to be hosting in various cities. Um, If you want to be in the loop about any upcoming events, like subscribe to the newsletter on BroccoliMag.com and track us on Instagram at Broccoli underscore Mag. It's just going to be a really fun way to, again, have those I like those in real life IRL experiences that really connect us and remind us what the fuck we're even doing this for. (laughs) Yeah. And on a more like intimate scale. So you're actually going to get to meet new people and get to know them and have cool conversations discovering these hidden gems. No pun intended for the upcoming one. (laughs) Are you ready to talk about weed and love relationships on weed? Can't wait. Let's do it. So, as you know, Lauren, I have a very 
important, impactful relationship with weed. She was my first love before I even started having sexual intercourse. Um, <laughs> but before <laughs> before my first alcoholic beverage, she was there. I mean, there's this very special place in my heart for cannabis. And a sexual partner, a life partner, you know, they. I really feel like it's important for them to appreciate what marijuana is in my life. And I don't know if that's a deal breaker or not, but I'm always curious how that differs, you know, from person to person. Like now that you are a regular consumer, do you date differently? What does that look like in your relationships? I did not have that same relationship with weed early on like you did. It was like I was in so many shitty relationships with alcohol and sex and boys and self-identity. I think it's really corny and I don't think I've ever said it out loud, but weed helped me love myself a little bit because it was the key to me just sitting down and shutting my mind the fuck up and like processing shit. Like I was very much not in touch with my truest self and like what I really wanted and who I am. So yes, I do think weed has affected the way I date because it's just like put me in touch with my instincts more, I think, and thus... I absolutely date better, date more honestly, because I'm like, fuck that. I like this person. Or, you know what? I don't like this person. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think weed's a factor there. Most partners I meet are kind of in your typical boring spaces, a bar, house party, Thanksgiving dinner, art gallery, whatever. It's sort of like these social gatherings cause me, can cause me anxiety. And so I'm usually either trying to medicate or like about to medicate or <laughs> have medicated. The burning question is, do we only date people who smoke? <laughs> do you? I have on more than one occasion like condemned my observation of guys who who like smoke weed but look for women who don't to date but when you look at my track record like most people I've dated don't smoke weed so <laughs> I'm I don't know what that is but I do like I've never been with somebody that I hid it from though uh, ever 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 and I I do have I've watched like guy friends never girlfriends but I've, I've had multiple guy friends who would be like don't tell my girlfriend I smoked today or something like that. And I remember thinking like, what? what is that relationship? What a weird concept. So although I have definitely been the stoner half of many a uh, mixed, mixed consumption relationship, like I've never had a, dated a guy that was like, can you put your bong away today? Or, or like, can you do me a favor and not be stoned today? I mean, I can't even, I can't even perceive how that would be. And then actually, I mean, the last two guys I met, I did think they were stoners because they smoked with me like the first few dates when they we were just kind of hanging out and then when things got like a little a little more chatty and you moved from the bar to the home living room they smoked like the last two guys I dated they smoked bowls with me they were like sure pack me one like and then like as weeks progressed I noticed them like never having their own weed and not having any paraphernalia at their house and never asking me to smoke, just just like smoking when I offered them. And it was like, after a while, they just never were smoking. And I was like, wait a second, you don't smoke weed. You just did that for me. You did that like for me to think you were a they stoner, which is like, you. how, how, they did a little bit. Like, how can you maintain that? Now that I see how affected he gets, I can't imagine how stoned he was when we first started dating. He must have been tripping balls, like 
just I can't even imagine him taking a bong rip at this point. And he took like multiple bong rips the first time he came over. And I in my mind, I mean, he must have been seeing a whole different set of colors in the world, like hearing voices. I cannot imagine. I have found myself in a marriage you know, where my partner doesn't smoke as much as I do. He he takes CBD every night, but I don't think that's the same. Sorry, it doesn't count. Um, but it is sweet. You know, we when we first started dating, again, like you, I, I wasn't hiding it, but it definitely was a situation where I would smoke and he wouldn't. And sort of, you know, he would talk about these stories when he was younger in Greenwich Village and like, would smoke hella herb with his friends, like in bell bottoms one summer, and and how cute that was, <laughs> you know, and like it's so, it's so good, it's so like it's it's so quintessential New York seventy story. But anyway, and I remember the day where he was like, actually, you know, I'm like smoking a joint, lighting it up. He's like, actually, can you pass that to me? And so we have like a very balanced relationship where like I smoke. And if we have people over, we have like little salons with like dinner parties and just friends and, and different artists and some come through and I'll always be the one to break out the weed and like every once in a while he'll take it. And it's just, again, like I think balance is really important in a relationship in general, balance and respect, you know, the balance to to do what is good for your body, but the respect to not have to like force it on your partner. I just feel like we're too grown to be like peer pressuring people, but um, I'm still guilty of it from time to time. <laughs> like, I, I can't lie. It's funny to hear you talk about the rip a minute guys, because I do think I've maybe been that guy before. Like since I started smoking, that was very much important to me of like, you know what? I'm a stoner. I'm not going to be afraid of it. I'm not going to hide it. So I do think there was a chapter or there were occasions where I absolutely was too extra about it and was like waving my weed flag like pretty, pretty heavily in that first date scenario and probably could have chilled out. I mean, I've been secretive about what I've done for work. And because of that, you know, because of the secrecy of like cultivating herb, I felt like I wouldn't necessarily like wave my my smoking weed freak flag at the same time it's like we i think in these subcultures in these little in these bubbles of communities you tend to be associated with and in the circle and in that third degree of separation with people who sort of share your values and you know and share your culture and so there's always going to be, I don't know, it's just always around. <laughs> There's always a cloud of herb. Now we just sound like a like a bro podcast, like a stoner <laughs> But it's, it's true. It's like you think about people who work in like music or fucking fashion or whatever. Like it will be people who share interests in those things. And the way we're talking about weed and like whether or not to bring it up on the first date, you wouldn't spend 10 minutes of a first date being like, can I talk to you about how into vodka I am? Because people would think you have a serious problem. It'd be really weird. And really anyone being that extra about one thing. I mean, if someone's like, I'm super into tea, I'm super into carrots, like that all sounds a little silly. So to think we have to call it out and be like, I need to make a very serious disclaimer right now. I was dating this person in the Bay when I was growing. One night we were in bed and they told me that they didn't feel comfortable with me growing herb and like didn't like it. I wasn't, I don't, I don't think I kicked them out of my home, but it like, you know, maybe the next morning there was some sort of like conversation to be had. And that was really shocking. That was, that was 
their prerogative. But again, like the 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 strong judgment, I think, when someone is just really having a healthy, expressive lifestyle um, is just unnecessary, in my personal opinion. Laundry Day Lounge by Laundry Day is a collection of digital rooms and soothing content designed for relaxation and meditation. In room number one, Laundry Day Lounge collaborates with ceramicist and wellness enthusiast Rachel Saunders to guide you through a warming sensory visualization that will leave you feeling weightless and expanded. Close your eyes or follow along the soothing holographic landscapes designed by Dan Alin van der Meulen, whose animated work can also be seen in the most recent issues of Broccoli Magazine. Chill out with Laundry Day Lounge on Instagram's IGTV at Laundry Day Lounge, and here's a sample of their music to lead you back to our show. sex <gasps> let's talk about sex <laughs> i mean it's a big part of this conversation we might as well get to the juicy stuff it is the the week of a valentine's day however you feel about that however you feel about it everyone should have sex any given week if they want when they want so who cares but also let's get corny is weed a part of your sex life menle Ooh, you know i <laughs> I feel like this is a confessional and I'm down for it. So, you know, in terms of cognitively, because I like to be medicated like around around the time of sex, around the time of sensual petting and touching and feeling and all that, I think personally for me, it helps me sort of tap into um, that euphoric state because when you consume THC, oftentimes you are there, you know, and that's more fun for me but I also understand that for a lot of people being too deep in your own head is just not a good thing when you're trying to get it on and um you know and it can be sort of prohibiting and because there's just so many different ways that our bodies react and like our brains react to to cannabis and to sex in general um so for me it's sort of the opposite where I like it mentally but I forget to use it in um, more topical applications. What about you? Tell me, tell me. I'm definitely in that boat of like, I need to chill my mind out if I am going to have an enjoyable situation. So, I mean, because I have a full-time nine to five right now, I am stoned most evenings when sex would be on the sketch (laughs) so um, typically the mind is ready like the cognitive space is already set and then I am absolutely somebody who is still kind of a romantic about the visual of someone lighting a cigarette after having sex like Hollywood style so I love the idea of like still having a little having a little puff afterwards with them like a little ceremonial whatever but topically have gotten into that actually it's kind of transformed um my sex life i like don't mess around without weed lube on hand now and okay yeah i i was not like at all about that immediately like when those products were first coming out i mean prior to that i got this sort of 
ideal, super natural, like earthy introduction to that to the idea that was uh, a really cool product made in Portland that was basically like a simple nut oil blend with weed. And it was really cleanly extracted. There were, wasn't a bunch of extra stuff. And they advertised it as you can eat it, you can rub it on your muscles, and you can use it in more erotic, intimate scenarios. And I was like, oh, shit, what? And something being able to be safe and clean enough to use topically and eat. It was like, well, hell yeah, I'll put that on my <laughs> vagina. Like, that's comfortable enough if I can eat it. So that was the best way to open my mind of like a, a three-ingredient lubricant and also... Oil feels really different from all that jelly shit at the store. Like getting store-bought lube is like as a as a younger person and like I'd watched TV or heard a female adult say something about like, I mean, you ladies should be using lube or some some joke about that. Well, then when I would look into it and like go to the sex section at Rite Aid, the sex, the family planning section <laughs> at Rite Aid or whatever, it's like glycerin. Oh, like and and to be fair, I don't know exactly what's best for toys. Like maybe oils aren't the right thing when you have like silicone toys. But if it's just skin and skin, I'm like, why don't you guys sell more oils in these conventional places? Because it was like transformative. I didn't know it could be so pleasant and like not leave residue. And there's some other brands out there that I think have some cool stuff like Oshihana makes products like based on what's healthy for your vagina and then what works for sex. Like the vagina health comes first and foremost, which I think is really cool. The auxiliary benefits of these things, like it kind of goes back to that whole sourcing thing of, of just the weed industry being that light switch of like, oh, I deserve to have the same transparency about ingredients as I do with where my weed was grown elsewhere in my cabinets. Like, I should be able to know exactly how many ingredients are in the stuff that I'm putting on my vagina. Like, I love that it's a four-ingredient situation with a lot of these weed lubes because it's, they don't have the the same money to put in a bunch of additives and fillers like I think a lot of store-bought stuff does. When it only has a couple oils, I have, I personally like the Kiskanu when I remember to, to grab the lube. Um, and, and that one also smells delicious. And it's sort of, you know, again, like addressing this vaginal health. It doesn't, if you're not in the camp that thinks that like cannabis lube works, that's fine. But moisturizing your vagina for people who have vaginas is super important. Like the elasticity of that skin, just like overall improves the quality of sex it overall improves i mean the quality of your skin there it's it's i think it's silly and even i tend to sometimes forget you know we spend so much time and money on our faces and we put all of these products on our faces and then sort of forget about the skin on our vaginas and it's kind of like that that part of your body also needs to be nourished and loved and and sort of moisturized and i think you know a lot of us well, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but especially in this, in the U.S. and in Mexico, you know, menopausal people and menopausal bodies are forgotten. And what's unfortunately always associated with those bodies is like dryness, you know, and it's sort of like, well, you know, we don't have to shy away from the fact that sometimes vaginas get dry and moisturizing it is just like beneficial in general. You want you kind of want that to be like a very lively, moisturized area just to have less pain when you're having sex, you know, whether it's, 
you know, sometimes it's it's emotional pain. Sometimes it's physical. And it's like when you just have like a more moisturized, soft, supple part of your body, you're just going to enjoy sex better. And I think that's kind of what is being addressed thank goodness from like all these companies that are that are coming out with you know your three ingredient oil or substance or aloe that really helps helps you enjoy your body you know uh and i should point out that none of these people we're talking about are sponsors we legitimately just like their products oh yeah um, <laughs> i didn't even think about we, that <laughs> i realized like wow we're kind of name dropping but really like it's something that is it's just unfortunately like in that kind of stigmatized space of of women's sexual pleasure and like it's all friction it makes sense it shouldn't be a radical conversation to be like oh wow lube feels good because whether you're you're alone or with someone of any of any scenario it's all friction like i mean don't quote me on it but I think once my gynecologist told me that, like, you just need a well-moisturized vagina, both inside and out, and and that's going to really help you go forth in life. <laughs> okay, definitely not a quote. What was your, I'm curious, was your man's, uh, was he, like, weirded out about his, his D getting stoned when you first introduced it? <laughs> Hell no, he was so excited and curious. I feel like that's also another really fun part about using like again when we were talking about eating cannabis infused foods it's a, it's almost a similar like curiosity and playfulness yeah, it's a as when you introduce cannabis into the bedroom because people are just sort of like oh okay you know like it's 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 something that you can both kind of experience together and get giddy about um <laughs> you know um getting getting the vagina stone that's what it's all about just relaxing, just relaxing her. Is your pre-cute sexy time smoke typically a smoke or do you ever eat edibles? Damn, this is getting deep. Uh, <laughs> is it like I a feed each other a little truffle moment? <laughs> <laughs> like with my toe, I have like a dipped like truffled cherry. And put no. <laughs> I do not. Unfortunately, if I'm going to be oh honest God. with myself and with you and with everyone, I'm not the most romantic person. I think I'm very practical in that way. That's my Virgo moon. I'm sort of just like, um, you know, like, I'm horny. Let's do this. Okay. Um, okay. But I do. But I do. <laughs> I do love a little bit of like a smoke session beforehand, sort of like as we're playing around. Um, I think there's something really sexy and fun about that. That's so funny. I'm imagining you like lighting your candles, like meditating for a smoke sesh, taking it really ritualistically, and then blowing out your candles and being like, yo, you ready to do this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you ready or what? <laughs> what about you? Do you like candles? I, I sent uh, some candle lighting. You know what? If I wasn't, if I didn't have four cats, I probably would be setting more moody environments. I fucking love candles. I I've had more fights about like the degree the the lack of lamps in our apartment because I I cannot handle not having like being able to do some romantic kind of subdued lighting even if it's just existing and not actually sexy time. Like I hate overhead lights. I would never turn on a light switch if I could. 
just lamps, just lamp light forever. My eyes will go. I don't care. I want to live in my, like, I want everything to feel like a movie all the time. Like, I'm a romantic, but it's, like, not even for the sex. (laughs) (laughs) It's all cerebral. You're like, just want to romance the shit out of this mood and and that's fine. Yeah, let's do it movie style and, like, get romantic and, and do foreplay and then the scene cuts and goes to the next day or whatever, like... The middle part, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's so good. I mean, I think no matter what, it's... I I think it's annoying sometimes to quote these things, but what I did find fascinating was this... There's this Stanford University study that they did a couple years ago, um, and they had about, like, 50,000 people between the ages of 25 and 45 um, who were, like, using were using cannabis or maybe not, just sort of various experiences and lifestyles. And they found that frequent use sort of associated this increased like positive sex frequency. And, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I, I think basically it's just saying like, yeah, it doesn't mean that because you consume herb, you have more sex, but it sort of means that like people who who sort of, I guess, dive into that sort of lifestyle or, like, want to be more playful or, like, want to sort of put themselves in that space have, like, about 20% more sex than people who don't. So it's... I think that has everything to do with that anxiety bit, too. Yeah. Like, just chilling us out to be more comfortable with ourselves. I think that's a huge factor in that. I totally believe that. For a lot of people, sex starts in your brain, you know? And well, I guess for a lot of people, it also is just reverse. But I think there's something there. That... <laughs> well, I think satisfaction and pleasure yeah. is your brain, right? Like sex can happen without pleasure and without. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely believe in like your mind has to be right for you to feel pleasure. Your mind doesn't have to be right for you to have intercourse. My Valentine's Day is going to be very uh, chill this week because my partner is actually leaving on the same day for a two-week business trip so (laughs) i will be chilling i haven't really decided there's like cute discounts and stuff around portland for date nighty things maybe i'll go just take advantage of one of those and like be the the random single girl at the bar that is enjoying the couple's dinner right like i'd like the couple's deal uh just me thank you They're like me and my book here. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. That's so good. You know, it's funny. I'm also not having a a typical uh, Valentine's Day. It's weird for me to say Valentine's Day. I've been calling it Vagina's Day since high school because I'm immature and I took like one women's studies course. Um, I think we saw we had like watched or listened to the vagina monologues or both. And I was sort of like, I thought I was very clever and, you know, it's a V, vagina, Valentine's. And it's always been kind of this fun way to to be playful about how we approach it. You know, I, I like personally this year I'll be in I'll be on the beach with a really good friend of mine um, who's she's going to be having her 30, 40th birthday. Um, we've been friends for almost two decades. And that's the ultimate vagina day. I love that. I'm looking forward to like just a trip like the beach celebrating love in all of the different ways, like with my friends, with myself, with the ocean and the, the tides and it's just so boring the whole having to do the dinner 
And I mean, I'm not trying to pretend like I'm some sort of rebel, but and I do appreciate romantic dinners, but it's just it's such a bore. Like, no. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I enjoy chocolate. I enjoy wearing an over the top red and pink eye makeup look on a midweek day like I get a little like I said I'm a romantic but in the most traditional sense of that word like I like campy shit but by no means do I have like serious expectations and like self-value tied to whether or not I get a Russell Stover box like I like chocolate whenever I eat chocolate whenever the whole like excuse to have a night together I'm always down for but like Having an extra special Tuesday is, like, just as special as doing something on February 14th. Also, my birthday's at the end of the month, so the 14th <gasps> takes a backseat for me. That. Yes, I'm a I little sensitive. I didn't know that. I'm a sensitive little Pisces, just crying my way through life. I am enamored by your uh, secret Virgo moon situation. I'm still, like, like taken by your... Uh, your practical, organized side that <laughs> that is uh, cracking the whip in the bedroom. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, all like I'm timing just and writing notes about like every sexual yes. act. Yes. <laughs> like, okay, and yes. done. I hope you have such a good week and a really fun trip with your friend. This has been one of the funnest episodes to record, and we could probably do like a part two. But uh, yeah. Let's let's talk in two weeks and see how your trip went. Let's talk in two weeks. I'm looking forward to it. And um, we're excited to to hear from all of you in terms of what kind of questions you have about sex and, and cannabis and relationships. And um, yeah, if you want to write to us, send us a note at hi at broccoli dot com. See you guys next time. This episode was produced by Anya Charbonneau. Our music is by Giselle Garcia. And our logo design is by Jennifer Wright. Learn more about Broccoli and subscribe to the magazine at broccolimag.com.